Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to another episode of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we have such an amazing show lined up for you today. Um, We have so much sports news this week, it's ridiculous. Stars are coming back to the sport, some of which we didn't even anticipate. Um, Ridiculous matchups and so much more. Uh, We'll break down this week's UFC 227, and we have another exclusive interview with top MMA bantamweight and newly signed Bellator. Um, he was a, a prospect alert from us not so long ago, and uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. We have Ricky Bandejas on the show uh, this week. I also introduced prospect alert as well as our IG story poll results, my hot takes of the week, and we'll answer your questions. Um, pretty much live on air so we have a new segment we're going to answer your questions um new fan segment questions so um i can't wait i can't wait to uh yeah <laughs> answer some of those questions and um really you know get you guys going and being involved with the show as well all right remember the fight podcast is brought to you each and every week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at sage eats.com apply promo code fight for 20 percent off your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente and support the show by checking me out on the website w www.thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate share um it's currently on itunes and soundcloud and do not forget to purchase merch today all right um again welcome to the fight podcast and uh, i hope you guys had a great week uh this week man it's uh beautiful beautiful here in chicago uh Lollapalooza is is, uh, currently going on uh travis scott's album dropped and i think he's also performing at lala so people are losing their minds um it's perfect man uh farmers markets people are at the beach i'm over here looking out of our uh, studio window and you could even see like boats all on the lake it's ridiculous summertime shy is uh the best city in the world hands down (laughs) um man the world of mma has been on fire this week uh every day has been breaking news someone is in the news you know fighting somebody something's popping up someone has beef with somebody else intern champs are being giving belts and then they're getting stripped 50 cent and floyd mayweather are you know doing their on again off again bromance or whatever that is um it has to be one of the most newsworthy weeks we've had in a while, but you know we're just going to jump into it a little bit later on in the show in our uh, our news uh, portion of the show. 
But um, we're going to jump in and to actually talk to um, Ricky Bandejas, who I actually had the opportunity to uh, speak to this week. He is one of MMA's top young prospects, and you're going to love this interview. Uh, we spoke about the grind at camp, his new deal with Bellator, and the right way of having, you know, he's going to fight one of the, their biggest rising stars. And we're going to talk about like that process and everything he has to go through with that. Um, for those of us who don't know Ricky, this dude is an absolute animal, man. He's 10 and 1. Um, he's a bantamweight who is an explosive finisher and is about as well-rounded as you're going to get. He trains with some of the best from the East Coast. This dude is a star in the making. He trains with, you know, all the guys like Eddie Alvarez and all those guys from Jersey, uh, Frank Yeager, that whole crew. Um, he's a great dude and he's a family man and an, an amazing fighter. I really hope you enjoy my interview with Ricky Bandejas, um, here exclusively on the fight podcast. How about now? Yeah, yeah. There you go. There we go. What's going on, man? How you doing? Good. I, I'll maintain it, man. Hey bro. Thank you very much for, uh, for, for doing this today, man. Anytime, dude. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. Oh, bro, absolutely, man. Yo, I'm a fan, man. Like, like I said, just um, oh, what happened to this thing? Hold up. All right. Yeah, dude. Uh, no, man, you're an absolute beast, man. Um, I had you on uh on my show, like one one of my first episodes. Each episode, I do uh like a prospect alert, you know, okay. because uh, what I try to do is a lot of people just don't know enough about like really dope dudes you know, who aren't in the big organizations, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I want to go out there and actually, you know, say some, you know, just, and that's what I do every, at each point of my podcast to do a prospect alert. So I had you on one of the earlier episodes and, um, dude, the more I looked into your fights, I was like, yo, this dude's a killer, man. Like this dude's just knocking people's heads off. Like what, like, Thanks, dude. oh man, dude. So big fan and congrats, you know, just signing with Bellator, you know, you're going to end up fighting, uh, with Gallagher and stuff in August, man. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Now granted, right. they got you in South, in North, South Dakota or something. So I don't know how that is, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely a random spot. <laughs> But, uh, man, um, could you tell me a little bit, if you don't mind, man, um, just, like, how you feel about that and just uh, being, finally, you know, being a Bellator, one of the bigger, larger and best organizations and fighting, you know, such a tough dude? Um, I'm excited, you know, big opportunity fighting this guy. He's definitely uh, tough, but I think he was a little more spoon-fed. Uh, fight for Bellator is awesome, you know, very big promotion. Uh, I was waiting for the UFC, but... You know, they're doing the shows now and the contender right. series, so Belter was just a you know better option. That's but I'm so really excited, dude. Hey man, it should be dope. And personally, like I, I love what Bellator is doing, and it seems like they're they're bringing people on like the right way. You know, absolutely. You, you know, so you, you know, you see it with like, man, it just seems like a lot of the young guys they're bringing in are just just nasty. You know, yep. I mean, everything from like Pico to yourself and others. I mean, it's it's it's, it's really really like it's only a matter of time, especially if the UFC doesn't get some of the stuff together uh, till like Bellator goes ahead and takes that spot, that top. Spot. Absolutely, they're man. growing, man. They're doing. They're growing the right way. That's what's up, man. Um, dude, so tell me a little bit about like this the MMA scene in like Jersey, man. Like, this is crazy. You guys, there's so many talented people up there. Um, 
Like, man, what's in the water, man? What's going on? <laughs> Jersey's just very tough, man. Even with wrestling, you know, you go and wrestle uh, anybody from like Florida or anywhere else, New York, and nine out of ten times, Jersey just killed it. And right. it's the same thing with the MMA scene. Just tough, man. Jersey's tough, makes tough guys. No, man, I seen it, man. Hey, like I said, I'm from Chicago, but I said, your, your guys' winners must be more rough or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so um, one thing I like to do with this show is, um, especially when I have guys on, um, I, I, I like I like to touch, obviously, I like to touch on whatever, you know, you know combat sports, like touch on MMA or boxing, whatever the case may be. But uh, too many people just look at us like meatheads, right? People just look yeah. at dudes like, oh, you know, they just are cage fighters or whatever. So one of the things that I really want to do is I, I, I want to start talking to fighters and actually, you know, just know a little bit more about them, you know, and just let people know with these people as people. You know what I mean? So, like, the, the type of, like, questions I'm gonna start, I, I, I wanted to ask people were, like, a little bit more, like I said, in-depth questions and stuff. So, um, I'm just going to start off. I wanted, It's going to be a little, little bit all over the place. Some of them fun, okay, cool. you know, some of them serious. But uh, I just want to get, you know, as, as candid as possible. Awesome. So, um, for yourself, if you have, for, let's say, you, you can put up a billboard, like a giant billboard anywhere, you know, in the world, any big city, with all the crazy nonsense that's been going on, you know, what would, like, your message, metaphorically speaking, or whatever the case may be, what would you have on that billboard? And if anything, what city or cities would you have it in? Oh, well, if I wanted to get, get a message by, I would definitely put it in big cities, you know, Los right, Angeles, right. New York, um, I don't know, something, something about loving your family and just be happy that's what's up man well dude speaking of families man i mean you're a family man bro like i mean how is being you know a father of what three yes dude, three girls. that's awesome brother well congrats on that first of all Thank man. You, man and uh like i have no kids man only thing i have is a is a like a four-year-old dog that's okay. I, I i don't trust myself anything else at this point <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least you're honest with yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, how do you feel, you know, being a family man, being a father? How do you see, how has that, like, helped you with your career, man? And, like, how do you see that, like, you know, just, like, whether it be the seriousness or the fun, like, how do you, how do you feel that impacts you? Uh, you know, just a little more fire up your butt, you know, to get you, you know, training hard, being more motivated. You know, it's just more motivation to get the W. Absolutely, man. Um, yo, it's crazy. Like, motivation like that is such a dope thing, man. Just especially, uh, like I said, I, I know for, like, myself, like, I, I do get a lot of, like, drive and motivation for, like, by people around me, you know. Uh-huh. And I couldn't even imagine having some people who are even that close to me. Like, having your own kids and your people like that, being that close has to be just, like, just awesome fire and inspiration, man. Absolutely. Nope. Um... So for yourself, man, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you feel like you've ever made? I don't know. That's a good one. Um, I would just have to say my MMA career, you know, it supports me financially. So definitely it's got to be that. That's good. This is dope, man. Um, so how did you like really get into MMA for you? Like, how was like? I know most people like you know, create stories, but I know you. It seems like you've been training for a while, man. So how, what what was it that got you into MMA? Uh, when in uh, high school, when I was a junior or senior, I started wrestling, and uh, you know I started getting a liking for it. But when I graduated, I didn't want to go away to college. Mm-hmm. So uh, coincidentally, Nick Atone opened up a gym that uh, that that fall, 
Right. So I signed up and uh, wanted to work out. Next thing you know, he asked me to fight, and now we're here. That's what's up, man. Dude, how is it having people like Nick Catone and like just you? I mean, you've been you're in the circles and in the rooms with some of like the best guys in the world, man. How has that just helped your career and helped guide you being around some of those like dope individuals? Uh, it helps a lot, you know. It motivates you to train, and you see, you know, they're at the top tier. You see what they do. They kind of just lay down the blueprint. If you train hard like them and you put the time in, you're bound to succeed. That's what's up, man. Uh, do you have any, like, stories from, you know, you know, training? Just something that was just fun that happened that people just, just so people could know, not just, like, yourself a little bit more, but, like, just the atmosphere in the gym with you. Uh, I don't have any, you know, I can't come up with a story on point right now, but... <laughs> The energy at Nicotones is good, you know. Happy, a lot of messing around. Everybody, you know, comes in, works. Good energy. That's Nobody takes it too serious. Um, that's actually a good point, man. So what advice, uh, for somebody who's, like, young and upcoming trying to do their thing, what advice would you give those guys uh, for somebody trying to get to where you are? Uh, just hard, keep your head down, work hard. A lot of There will be a lot of up and downs, a lot of fights that will probably fall through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just keep your eye on the prize, you know? Keep grinding. Absolutely, man. Um, see, like I said, with keeping your eye on the prize and grinding, um, a lot of times, I mean, people have, like, their ups and downs. You know, it's just like the ebbs and flows of the game itself. Um, what for yourself has been, like, a a failure, an apparent failure that really helped shape you? And for, now pretty much you look at that failure as, like, a real positive now. Uh, we could start my loss, you know. Mm-hmm. I lost my one fight. Shouldn't have lost that. And that was just lack of uh, experience, you okay. know. That helped a lot. Two, just, you know, people, like, there's guys in the UFC that I beat that, yeah. um, you know, that just makes you, you know, blows your mind. Right. Um, and that's it. A lot of fights fell through. So definitely a lot of stuff that shaped me and uh, a lot of downfalls in the career. Long career. I feel you, man. Dude, dude I have noticed that too, man. It seems like a lot of your people pulled out against you, man. What's up? You got just got to have dudes spooked, or what's going on with that? A lot of guys get hurt. I guess I, I, I had a lot of fights, man. At least ten. Mm-hmm. You know, ten top guys too. Yeah. You know, just pull out or say they got an injury or whatever it is, they pull out of the fights and uh, they're all in the. I know at least three that are in the UFC right now. That's crazy, man. Yo, a lot of people seem like they haven't had the type. Like you said, you do. You you are really experienced, and you have a lot of guys. You know, from the beginning, right? The really like the first three, four fights of your career, you had like top quality guys. How has that helped you in your career already? And like, even just like, because you can tell, even the way you're talking about it, and you seeing you like perform, you're like a vet, like a savvy vet out there. Like, how is that like having to deal with those people early on in your career? How did that help you out? Uh, you know, I figured if you, you know, you're made for the sport, you're made to make it, you'd be able to beat these guys. Mm-hmm. If you look at my record, all the guys are five and one, seven and zero, oh, four and zero. Oh, you know, all all up and coming stars. And uh, there's too many guys out there that are seven and zero, oh, ten and zero, oh, but they they're beating up nobodies. You know, a bunch of turds with losing records. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so man, how, how do you feel about? Um Gallagher, for instance, man. Like I said, I know he's he's a tough guy. I know he's in your sights. It's like you know, a few weeks out or so. Like, how do you feel about a, uh, some guy? But like, how do you like appear his game and everything? What do you how do you feel about him? Uh, you know, I'm sure he's tough. Mm-hmm. He definitely puts in the hard work. Has a cardio, but gonna put it like any other fight. You know, I'm training hard. I'm going there, put my head down, and just keep coming forward, and hopefully break him. Right. 
Um, are you one of the guys that like takes a lot of time and like you know studies film and what? Or are you somebody who you know you let your coach like that's the game plan? I go out there and execute. Yeah, my coach will check it out. I'll watch like uh, you know a fight or two, but I don't get too caught up in it. Kind of just caught up my own game plan. All I kind of look for is if they're stand up or uh, you know ground guy. Right. Yeah, like whatever else, I figure it out. This what is it's cool. <laughs> Dude, so with training, you know, working and everything, and you know, having a family, man, what what is it? That, what is your like downtime, man? What do you do for fun? Hang out with the family, take them to the zoo, or you know, hang out by the pool. That's my downtime. That's what's up, man. Well, all right, brother. Well, here I'm gonna get you out of here with this. I ask everybody this, um, just because we again we like mixing it up a little bit. So uh, for yourself, man. What is something that you know? What is like one of the like the most different or like weird things that you love that like other people might think is different, but it's like it's your thing, no matter what. You're like, nah, this is me. People, some people might think it's different, but you know, I don't care. Um, I like to read a lot, and I'm into like medicine. You know, that's what's medicine up. Medicine field, like just health. I like that kind of stuff. That's great. Well, real quick, man. So, well, you'd like to read a lot. What books would you recommend? Do you do you have any books that you recommend for people, or you gift more than um, anything else? Let's see. You know, m- most books I read there, there's like books on the stock market, books about medicine. Yeah. You know, nothing, nothing like uh, fictional. You know, like no storytelling kind of books, though. Absolutely. Books absolutely. on life. You know, patients, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Do you have any uh, any of them that you'd recommend offhand? Uh, there's a book by Warren Buffett. You know, if okay. you're into stocks. Yeah. There's a book on. Um, uh, let's see what I just read. You know, I know a book that a lot of people like, you know, um, the Samurai book, you know, okay. about about life and fights. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's it called? There. That one with the... Um, Everybody uh, knows man. this book, yeah. especially if you're a fighter. Yeah, I can't, I'm trying to think of dude's name. I don't know why I made it. It starts with an M, exactly. but yeah, buddy with right. the two I'm swords. I'm on the same boat. I'm, I'm going to brainstorm, but yeah. everybody who is into fighting knows about it. Absolutely, man. Well, bro, Ricky, man, I appreciate your time today, man. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to the, the listeners and everything? Is anybody, Where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, you know, just my name, Ricky Bendejas, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And Absolutely. August 17th, you know, tune into Bellator. Absolutely, man. Well, definitely, man. Hey, man, good luck with everything. You know, hey, I thank you again for coming on the show. And I look forward to doing this sometime again, bro. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me again, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. All right, brother. You too, man. Take care. Yes. Uh, Welcome back to the Fight Podcast, and that was my exclusive interview with Ricky Bandejas. Man, really, really appreciate his time. All right, you're listening to the Fight Podcast, and we still have so much great show to come. Uh, We talk about this week's UFC 227. We have our prospect alert, fight news, and so much show still to come. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at www.sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 20 percent off your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and make sure to follow me at serge vicente don't forget to support the show by checking me out on the website thefightpodcast.com and purchase merch today 
All right, so this week we're gonna take time out to highlight one of, if not, the best grappler who is making a seamless transition to the MMA ranks. Um, <laughs> um, this man is 100% a future contender in any of the large organizations to come. Um, he is currently making his way through the MMA ranks fighting for 1FC in Singapore. I'm talking about with a record of 2-0, two finishes, Gary Tonin. Alright, so yo, Gary Tonin, for those of us who do not know, is one of if not the best grappler in the world he has multiple on and here i'm just gonna break it down uh tony competes at lightweight and he is a jiu-jitsu black belt trained by henzo gracie he is currently a five-time ebi champ that is one of the most premier grappling organizations out there uh headed and run by um 10th planet jiu-jitsu uh founder and owner and you know i believe ceo and all that stuff eddie bravo um his jiu-jitsu record is ridiculous 64 and 23 and he has gone against the best of the best guys who are he he ended up had a grappling match and won against uh, Husamal Paharis, who again Gary Tonin only walks around like 165 pounds. Husamal Paharis walks around at close to 220 pounds. He doesn't care who he's going against, and he's taking on all comers. Um, he again competes with uh, Henzo Team Henzo Gracie and Evolve MMA. And now I can talk to you all day about his grappling like accolades. Um, but what I want to bring up that even though he needs work in this specific area, yo, it looks good and it looks like he has potential. And I am talking about his striking. One thing that I've noticed that Gary Tonin has is a fluidity in his striking that most people honestly don't have, especially when they're transitioning from, you know, one specific discipline. How many times have we seen the wrestler who has, you know, one of the best grapplers or wrestlers in the world, but we notice that his grappling or striking doesn't really ever tie together, especially not early on in their careers. And one thing I'll say about Gary Tonin, his first fight out the gate was that he was out there again, you know, moving well, throwing powerful shots, landing kicks, throwing combinations. And again, man, the fluidity of somebody who is, not only an athlete, but somebody who's been striking for a long time. Now, people are probably wondering, like, why is he fighting, you know, buddies from New York? Why is he fighting in 1FC out of Singapore? Well, being that he's such a top flight grappler, he's known, he, he's in the circles with the people from like the UFC and things like that. But what he and his team wanted to do is really, really intelligent. They said, look, we want to make sure he has big fight experience, but the competition obviously isn't that of the UFC or Bellator. So he went out there and he is slowly but surely being brought along in a big game time atmosphere. One FC does one championship does an incredible job. Like the the show quality, the production of that show is 
I mean, top notch. Yes, the UFC is going to be the best. Bellator is great. But honestly, yo, one championship is right behind them. And you can watch all of their fights off of the streaming service that they have. They have an app and you can watch the show, the fights live. Granted, it's at like two o'clock in the morning or like 6 a.m. sometimes, but whatever, it's there and I get to see the fights when they come on. So um, they have a great platform. They have talented individuals and they have chosen his team. Gary Tonin's team has specifically chosen to take him there, which um, I love. Um, now, one thing that I love that they've done that is that he's allowed to grow and be creative and um, not pretty much get thrown directly to the wolves right away. Uh, he's making sure that he is not one dimensional. His team is taking their time. And, um, and I, I can't think that anymore, man. It's ridiculous. They're taking the time to one, give him the big fight experience. Um, two, to make sure he takes his licks, um, before really getting beat up. And also, and this is something that was is seen a lot with for instance top quality um strikers we just saw gokansaki gokansaki is one of the greatest kickboxers of all time uh k1 grand prix champ all that good stuff he got knocked out by someone who is a fantastic mma striker but khalil roundtree let's not stunt he's not like gokansaki level of striking but he still got touched because a lot of people from other disciplines do not respect MMA fighters opportunities or, or how good they are in specific disciplines. They let their guard down and they get murked. For instance, James Tony. James Tony thought, granted, James Tony is one of the greatest boxers of all time. We all know this. But what happened? He comes to the UFC. He thinks it's going to be sweet. Randy Couture takes the most shitty, you know, entry, you know, single leg ankle pick, takes him down, wins the fight. Easy as pie. You have to respect the sport. And Gary Tonin and his team are doing that. So um, this this week's prospect alert um, is none other than New York's very own, one of the number one grapplers in the world, Gary the Lion Killer Tonin. Keep your eye open for this dude. He's competing for one championship. And um, you could also look at all of his um, his other fights um, for like, for like, I think UFC Fight Pass. I think all those are on the Eddie Bravo Invitational. It's fantastic. All right, um, moving right along, we have fight news. All right, in the world of MMA, a big reason why um, usually I have my shows come out or the episodes come out like Thursday, right? Wednesday or Thursday. I waited because this week um, uh, was the big UFC 25th anniversary news conference, which was um, this Friday. And look, I can't stunt. I am so happy that I waited. Um, there are so many just ridiculous fights coming up. And uh, looking at all those fighters in one space, look, man, I give the UFC a lot of nonsense. I talk trash, but don't get it twisted. It's very warranted. Um, 
but they do their the production value and the way they like build up big fights. Oh man, it, it's one of the best ever, man. So I couldn't wait for this, and I knew they were gonna be like you know. There's always with these type of things something unexpected. And if we're looking at this is you know the UFC's big you know UFC 25 year anniversary news conference, you knew they were gonna come with something. So. Um, I'm just going to jump into it. And before I get into the real, like all the announcements, I'm going to start off with a little tea. Okay. You know, we got to start off with a little tea, a little bit of drama. And I, I found this to be interesting, right? Um, just because, um, it, it pertains to Joanna and Jacek, uh, Joanna champion, who in my opinion is one of, if not the greatest female um, MMA fighter of all time. Um, she has recently lost her belt, as uh, a lot of us know, to uh, Rose Namajunas. So, uh, Pat Berry, Rose Namajunas' fiance, um, who was an incredible fighter in his own right. I don't know if he still competes, but he came from a kickboxing background, and he's an incredible coach. Um, what he has done um, with Rose's striking, granted, I know Rose has a lot of uh, other coaches, Trevor Whitman over there at Grunge Training Center uh, in Denver, Colorado. I know there's a lot of guys and a lot of people that help her and her herself. She's an incredible athlete, but um, I'd be remiss to say... Um, uh, not mention how much of an influence Pat Berry has uh, in her development. So um, he's one of her coaches, and um, Pat Berry believes that Joanna is, in his own words, effing him herself by not accepting defeat against Rose. Um, so he's been saying this, and and I've noticed a lot of people bringing this argument up um, in the news. People on, you know, different shows I'm listening to everything from uh, Brennan Schaub's like uh, Big Brown Breakdown or whatever his show is called nowadays. Uh, and, you know, just so many other other uh, of the commentators, they've been saying that, yeah, Joanna is looking, you know, uh, she, she's not looking champion like right <laughs> as ridiculous as that may sound she's not appearing to be you know holding it she needs to accept defeat um in order to grow or or move forward and yo is it just me or is it just that ridiculous first and foremost we're talking about Joanna Janjacek okay she's a 10-time Muay Thai world champion and not only is she a 10-time Muay Thai world champion she is the most winningest um UFC five-time defending UFC strawweight champion and let's be honest Aside from Chris Cyborg, Joanna Janjacek is the greatest female MMA fighter of all time. So she is supposed to be a little bit unrealistic. She's supposed to have crazy, like, you know, to the point of like lunatic levels of uh, of confidence in herself. What is she supposed to say? Is she supposed to turn around and say, yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, Rose is the best. I'm second best. I'll never be able to beat Rose. I concede. No, 
She wants to fight her again. She believes she won the last fight. It was a Kylie contested matchup. And guess what? I thought she won the last matchup too. And I'm not alone in that. And here's the thing. Even if it was close enough that I could even think that it was like it, it could have gone either way. Then there's contention. So, and then let's not even say that. And let me just bring up Joanna's, you know, I'm just going to bring up Joanna's numbers real quick, just so that we can, you know, just leave it a bit. Her record is 15 and two. She's only lost to Rose Namajunas. And again, one of those, eh, I don't know. Um, She leads, <laughs> she has the most finishes in, in strawweight history. Her striking accuracy is 50%. Her takedown defense is 70%. Oh, let me rephrase that. Her grappling defense is 82%. <laughs> Dude, she's one of the greatest ever. So she is supposed to feel this way. So anybody who says anything otherwise, and look, I understand Pat Berry's um, place. That's his woman. He's supposed to have her back no matter what. I have, a, I have a girlfriend, I have a woman, I understand. I don't care if she's right or wrong. I'm going to have her back in the media no matter what, you know? No matter what she says behind closed doors or whatever, no matter how I feel, I'm going to have her back. Now, I might, you know, say something to her like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed, she's supposed to say that. But out to the public, yeah, I got my baby's back. That's just what it is. So... Um, the fact that people are making a big deal and saying that Joanna is not going to get better. What do you think? She's just taking time off. Um, her last performance, she did amazing against an amazing opponent. So what do we think? What do we expect? So, um, I, I'm going to leave it with that, but, uh, Look, I, I think Joanna champion, um, is a champion and she's going to continue, vying for that title shot she's beat everybody else she's beat the number two three four six and eight people in that weight class what, what she deserves a shot next so it, it is what it is so oh let me phrase it she also blasted the number one contender jessica andrage wasn't even a close fight so come on man all right. So, so, all right. Now that I've, uh, I've talked about that and a little bit of tea, yo, this, there are so many amazing fight announcements and yo, so many of them were just so out of left field. And for me, this one is like the biggest one. So November 3rd at MSG, New York city. The newly crowned, most violent man in MMA, Dustin the Diamond Poirier, with a record of 24 and 5. The number three wing, the number three ranked lightweight in the world. Coming off of his big, yeah, controversial again. Gwen versus Eddie Alvarez gets. Man, one of the most entertaining, one of the most beloved, one of the best fighters in MMA history, one of the best characters in MMA history is back after a over two year layoff. Dustin is going to fight Nate D. 
Diaz. Nate Diaz is back with a record of 20 wins, 11 losses, and he is the number 10 ranked lightweight in the world. And they're probably going to fight for pretty much a number one contender match. Mind blown. I love this. This is a fantastic matchup, man. It's one of those fights that it's perfect. Um, And I'm going to talk about a couple other matchups that can possibly happen in the future. But with Nate Diaz coming back, obviously he feels as if from a long layoff, he feels as if something has to be happening or he can pretty much, you know, use this to get his own platform. And he also sees something in Dustin that he likes. Um, Nate has some of the best boxing, some of the best pure boxing in MMA. Not only does he have some of the best pure boxing in MMA, he has some of the best cardio and he has some of the best jujitsu in the world. So he has so many matchup problems for so many individuals. Now, Dustin Poirier, I think this guy's coming into his own. I think for anyone to sit back and if you guys actually haven't had an opportunity, you should take a time to to listen to uh, Luke Thomas's uh, podcast. Uh, he he currently does the MMA Hour now that Ariel Hawani is moved to uh, uh, ESPN. Now, what he did say on here is like, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. If you do not believe in Dustin Poirier at this point in time, yo, lose my number. You know, like we don't need to talk anymore. You obviously have discount. And this is what Luke Thomas says. You should discount yourself from the conversation. You should separate yourself from the conversation. If you do not think Dustin Poirier is legit, I'm going to say it because of this. His last three victories have all been against former UFC title holders, holders, not bums. These are individuals who have held the chip. He just beat Eddie Alvarez. You have Anthony Pettis. I mean, these are people who people are not just walking over. And he is doing that with tenacity, great cardio, very, very accurate striking. So in boxing in particular. So this matchup is against two incredibly, incredibly tough minded individuals who have both gone through wars. Nate Diaz is is a part of he's one side of two of the top selling um uh UFC pay-per-views of all time. He's been in there with the best of the best. Benson Henderson, Conor McGregor, Rafael dos Anjos. I mean, the list goes on and on. Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So many legends this man has shared the, the octagon with. Um, shoot, he won the uh, Ultimate Fighter back in the day. I think it was like season three or something like that. So this man is a legend, right? And Dustin Poirier is well on his way to becoming just that. And this fight, should he win, should propel him to that superstardom that is literally in reach. So I can't wait for this fight. Now, <laughs> Nate Diaz uh, last night um, 
put on Twitter. He's not fighting. He doesn't know F the UFC, whatever. So look, this is Nate. I, I, I highly believe that they're going to pay him and compensate him the way that they should. And um, as long as they do that, man, they'll be fine. And this fight should happen without a hitch. And it's going to be a fantastic uh, event this upcoming November. All right. Um, the, a couple of the other uh, uh, announcements. The number eighth ranked light heavyweight Glover Teixeira is going to go ahead and fight Jimmy Manoa. Uh, Jimmy Manoa, who is 17-4, the number five ranked uh, light heavyweight. Um, and they're going to headline UFC 230 September 22nd um, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It's a cool fight. 205 is, is, is not the uh, best right now. It's not... The most exciting, and both of these gentlemen are coming off of losses. So um, it's interesting that they have him headlining an event. But regardless, um, Jimmy Manoa has an opportunity to continue moving forward towards a weak division's top three. Um, Glover Teixeira just lost to Corey Anderson in a really bad way. And um, honestly, he's on his way out. So interesting. This is still another changing of the guard uh, moments, but I'll watch. Um, this one is way more interesting and I am so excited for it. So, uh, the number eighth ranked, uh, light heavyweight, or I'm sorry, uh, Volkan No Time Ozdemir, who's, uh, the number two ranked light heavyweight in the world with a record of 15 and two. Um, he recently, uh, lost, um, uh, to Daniel Cormier, uh, in his last fight in a title shot, but Hey. Everybody loses DC unless your name is John Jones. Um, and he's going to fight against the legend killer himself, uh, Anthony Smith, who is now uh, at light heavyweight, ranked number nine with a record of 30 and 13. Now, uh, we talked about this on last week's show. Do not allow that record to fool you in any way, shape or form. This is a young dude, not even 30 years old, over 40 fights on his resume, and yo, is like finally coming into his own. He's finally at a weight class where it's not diminishing him. He's a big dude. He's 6'5". He's rangy and extremely explosive and athletic, so I cannot wait to watch this fight. Um, and this is honestly, I think this is a very, very good step for um, Anthony uh, Smith. He called out um, um, multiple time title, title challenger at light heavyweight and a consensus number one contender, um, Alexander Gustafson. Um, Alexander ended up having to pull out of his fight. And uh, now they're giving him the number two rank guy. So. Here's the thing. Now he gets to show if I beat this guy, now you have to consider me for a title shot. I love it. I love the way he's he's coming into his own. I love how he like blasted out two legends to back to back fights in Rashad Evans and Shogun Hua. And now they're giving him a, a guy who's talented, too, and is like and is in his prime. This is a great test. I can't wait. Great matchmaking by the UFC. All right. Continuing with great. Oh, and that fight is going to take place in at the main event uh, in UFC Montaken. And that's in New Brunswick, Canada. Um, if I said that the wrong way, I apologize. <laughs> All right. Um, UFC 230, which is already turning out to be the most fire card. Um, 
Oh, I love this fight. And and yo, I had the longest argument with one of my homies. Um you know, in one of our, uh, you know, one of our group texts about this in particular matchup. This is the matchup because, for instance, and I'm going to preface it by saying this 100%, I think Bohashino, who I think is, is incredible. I, I said, I think um, him versus Yoel Romero is a little short sighted. Build the stars up. I think Bohashina um, should fight Derek Brunson. You need to bring him along with somebody who is solid, a proven veteran, but somebody he can probably beat and build his name and confidence against. They didn't do that with Bohashina, but they're doing it for my boy. Man, I'm excited about this fight. Um, Derek Brunson, the man, aforementioned man, um, Derek Brunson, who is a beast, the number six rank. A sixth ranked middleweight in the UFC with a record of 18 and six is fighting one of my favorites, somebody who I've talked about for a while. One of our former prospect alerts, Israel style bender Adesanya with a record of 14 and 0, the number nine ranked middleweight in the UFC. This is perfect. Couldn't have been a better matchup. You have somebody in Derek Brunson who is like, look, I'm an Israel Adesanya fan, but Derek Brunson is no slouch. He's aggressive. He's extremely heavy handed. He has incredible takedowns. Um, and he's trying to do this man took down Yoel Romero. People forget about that. He was beating Yoel Romero until the third round when Yoel Romero does what Yoel does and knocked him out. But he was taking down Yoel Romero, who is an Olympic champion and one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, we also forget he had the current middleweight uh, champion. Um, oh, man. Um, uh you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> It'll come here in a second. I'm sorry. Middle he had, but he had him hurt before he got dealt with in that fight. And man, and now that I think about it, I will say this: um, Derek Brunson does a fantastic job of coming out and coming out and being aggressive. He did beat. Um, uh, he he's beaten some of the best in the game. He's beaten Loyola Machida. You know. Um, Man, he, he's beaten some guys who you did not think he was because he's tough, he's gritty, and you know what, man? This dude is a vet. He's a veteran, man. He He's one of those guys that, you know, does everything well. So, um, I think this is going to be a great matchup, but yes, perfect style matchup for style bender. Somebody who is going to come forward, who is not going to really entertain the grappling who doesn't mind showing how tough he is. And he's going to go out there. And I think realistically, he plays directly into style benders, um, uh, his attributes style benders long. He uses his striking and his, um, his patience better than almost anyone that I've seen. Derek Brunson, as aggressive as he comes out, um, I think is going to play directly into Israel Adesanya's hand. So I, but I can't wait. It's going to be an incredible matchup and this is going to be amazing.
All right. So the biggest matchup and even bigger than Connor, even bigger than any of that stuff that, that we talked about. The biggest announcement at the very end of the Prince Conference, literally as the lights were going out. UFC lightweight champion with a record of 26 and no Khabib Nurmagomedov is going to defend his title October 6th in Las Vegas, Nevada, UFC 229 against none other than the newly and kind of sketchily bounces back up to the number one contender and former champion with a record of 21 and three. The notorious one, Conor McGregor. Yep, he's back. Whoa, who didn't see that coming? (laughs) Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, and I've said it right here on the show. I I did not believe he was going to be able to fight this year. Um, I thought that he would get more than a slap on the wrist, and silly me, why would I have thought that at all? I'm going to get into how I feel about that a little later on the show and my hot takes. But regardless, this is an incredible matchup, man. Um, after two years off, I'm really, really interested for over two years off, should I say, Conor McGregor is coming in here and he's going to face arguably one of the most dominant champions and one of the most dominant forces in MMA history. He's going to go in here and literally have to battle it out with somebody who has been smashing people his entire career and with a record of 26 and no has yet to lose a round and really has yet to lose a moment in any of his MMA fights. I'm very, very curious to see how this goes. I'm very curious if we're going to be able to see Conor land that huge left hand. Is he going to have ring rust? Is Khabib going to, you know, implement his game plan? What's going to happen? I can tell you what I think is going to happen. 100% I think that Khabib is going to go in there. I don't think Connor is one well-versed enough in his grappling. I also don't believe that um, he has done enough in the last two years to prepare for an MMA match. That being said, I think that Khabib, who is possibly the worst matchup for Conor McGregor ever, was going, is going to take him down and pound him out and embarrass him. That is what I think at this point in time is going to happen. But yo, this is what we love about MMA. I literally have no clue. I have no clue, man. I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Um... I'd be remiss to say I'm not a little disappointed in the UFC for booking this matchup in Vegas, you know, and, and pretty much spitting in the face of all the other fighters. But we're, we're, we're going to get into that. So that's this is great. All in all, um, so many announcements in the UFC. Uh, the rest of it's pretty much just tea. We don't got to talk about that right now. But uh, I do want to jump into the world of boxing. Um, I'm not going to stunt. Over the last couple of weeks, I have not um, been talking about it as much. And there have been some phenomenal matchups. And you know what? I apologize. I need to get back and, 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 and highlight some of the amazing boxing that's happening. Because you know what? 
there have been some incredible matchups. Mikey Garcia just put the thumpers and got a unanimous decision victory against uh, Robert East. And, uh, and that was a phenomenal matchup. After the fight, he goes out here and calls out who, in my opinion, is one of the greatest um, pound for pound boxers in the world. And I think he is the best welterweight in the world. He called out Errol Spence Jr. Now, um, again, this is combat sports. We don't know what's going to happen. But I will tell you this. If Mikey goes up as great as he is, as fundamentally sound as he is, if he goes up to fight at welterweight at 147 pounds, seven pounds higher than he's ever fought, 12 pounds higher than his natural weight class against a man who is just as technically sound and who has well more power, I'm going to be honest with you. Not only does he lose, he gets embarrassed. And it pretty much propels Errol Spence Jr. after this matchup and they plan for that, hap- that fight to actually happen this December. If this happens, I'm telling you, Errol Spence Jr. will be on a different stratosphere. And then what they'll end up trying to do, depending on what they end up doing with Terrence Crawford and uh, Manny Pacquiao, because it seems like they're actually trying to go ahead and make Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Terrence Crawford. Don't get it twisted. I think Terrence Crawford runs through Manny Pacquiao. I think even though he did do a phenomenal job in knocking out Matisse, I believe Matisse went in there for a paycheck. He did not bring his best, and I was a little disappointed in the matchup. So I'm telling you, he goes out there, you know, and fights Terrence Crawford, who he's the consensus number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. He gets obliterated. Um, I I think Manny Pacquiao, uh, remember, his last fight against Matisse was his first knockout in over uh, since 2009. And I'm be honest with you, he's not going to knock out the number one consensus pound for pound fighter in the world. So curious to see about that. Um, and also curious to see the continued developments with Errol Spence Jr. and Mikey Garcia. But it also looks like Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury are really getting set to fight. So, um, for those who do not understand, don't know, uh, Deontay Wilder has been running all over the world, telling whomever um, over the last, you know, who would listen, whatever platform it is, podcasts, uh, TV shows, Showtime, any uh, anybody, whomever. You know, the, the guy on the street corner, it seems like he'll yell at anybody and believes that he wants that fight against the uh, current heavyweight champion, the 21-0 with 20 knockouts, Anthony Joshua. But the 41-0 with 40 knockouts, <laughs> uh, Deontay Wilder is not getting that fight. So what is he doing? It seems like he and the former lineal heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury, who is just coming off of one of the most stinkers in his first uh, fight back after a two and a half year layoff. Um, seems like they're trying to make that fight happen. So um, from this is from BoxingScene.com. Uh, Eddie Hearn was asked about the fight uh, with Wilder and Fury. So, you know, what, what, what he thought would happen. So Fury, for again, a- after he had an awful uh, fight uh, in June, that was his first fight since November of uh, 2015. Fury is now 26-0 with 19 uh, knockouts. 
and um, he's going to be back in action because he is trying to get back in shape. Um, and he's going to find uh, or fight Francisco uh, Pianetti, who's solid. Um, he is a former world title challenger, and uh, but let's be honest, he's not like Deontay Wilder, right? So hey, there it is. But let, provided uh, Fury wins uh, this upcoming fight, they're going to push to fight have Wilder be his next opponent this upcoming fall. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, I, I hope that it happens. And you know what? And this is what I find to be interesting for this. Anthony Joshua has refused this fight. And something that Lennox Lewis, and I did bring it up on the show a couple episodes ago, Lennox Lewis, the boxing hall of famer one of the greatest um boxing heavyweight champs in my opinion possibly the greatest heavyweight champion of all time um out of uh uh london he was he's from london um he ended up fighting out of crunk gym um the 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 great um uh trainer uh emmanuel uh stewart was his trainer so i mean incredible dude but he said being that Anthony Joshua is legitimately the A side, and he is. It, it would be all fools to to think anything otherwise. He's the A side, and for the A side, if he legitimately wanted the matchup against um, Deontay Wilder, he could have it. And the fact that he isn't doing it, and the longer the fight goes on without this fight actually happening, the worse it looks for. Um, Anthony Joshua. So this almost is like going over somebody's head when, you know, uh, you know, at work or something ridiculous, right? So Deontay Wilder is going to get the next best thing. England has pretty much two parties. One group loves Anthony Joshua. The other half loves Tyson Fury. The fact that Deontay Wilder has been calling out one guy and now he says, forget it. I'll fight the other guy who might be a bigger draw. And I will fly to England and fight him there. Ooh, it, may, it makes this, this may, if one is compelling. Um, I think that he needs to, Anthony or Deontay Wilder needs to fight Tyson Fury now before he gets back in his wits. So knock him out now, get rid of him, and then prove that you're the best now before he really starts developing again. And for Anthony Joshua, Man, bro, I'm not going to lie. He, he's looking bad, man. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen uh, uh, with that. And, um, yo, it, it is going to be um, a very, very <laughs> uh, interesting um, next couple months. Um, boxing is, is doing it, and, uh, and it's the greatest, man. Remember, uh, you're listening to the Fight Podcast, and I'm your host, Serge Vicente. Um, we are brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com today. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share. It's currently on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't forget to purchase merch today.
All right. So the moment, well, at least I've been waiting for <laughs> um, the breakdowns, man, this weekend's fights. Oh, so UFC 227 this week is at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. Seems like it's the home of LeBron James now. <laughs> but um, the, the fight is going to be headlined by Bantamweight champ. TJ Dillashaw with a record of 16 and 3 versus the former champion and former training partner Cody No Love Garbrandt with a record of 11 and 1. Um all right, so I'm just going to jump into it. This is an amazing fight. Um I have watched more film and breakdowns on this fight than I have almost any fight that I've ever done. The reason being is that it is really an intriguing matchup. It's it's a matchup of not only two gentlemen who are very familiar with one another. For those of us who do not remember all the drama and everything, TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt used to be um, uh, teammates at uh, Team Alpha Male. Uriah Faber's Team Alpha Male in Sacramento, California. Um, TJ left Alpha Male, got salty, big drama. Stuff with Conor McGregor, blah, 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 blah. Cody Garbrandt ends up winning the title. Um, he's matched up with the number one contender, you know, so big drama. Long story short, TJ KOs Cody, gets his belt back, and now Cody has um, a rematch. So, last fight was incredible. And like I said, TJ ended up knocking out. He earned a he earned a second round KO by smashing Cody Garbrandt with a huge right hand. But check it out. It was not before in the opening round, TJ or Cody had TJ hurt at the very, very end of the first round by dropping him with a huge right hand. So check this out. I just want to jump into the numbers of the last fight. TJ landed. 24% of his significant strikes. Eh. But he also landed 23 strikes on only 85% or 85 attempts. So all the shots he was showing, throwing were serious. Um, TJ was 0 for 1 in his takedown attempts, um, but he scored two knockdowns. Mm. Dillashaw's significant strikes landed percentage was 60% to the head, 5% to the body, and 35% to the legs. So he's doing damage everywhere. And he's actually has a well-rounded, full kind of blaze uh, attack. Now, let me jump into Cody. Cody landed 33% of his significant strikes. Uh, he landed a total of 19 on 54 attempts. And uh, he scored one knockdown himself. Uh, Garbrandt's significant strike percentages, he landed 88% to the head, 11% to the body, and zero to the legs. Now, so you could already see in the two athletes, even by those percentages, the, the, the game plan, right? One guy is, and, and this is all, this is one thing that, and this is why I have always favored TJ Dillashaw. TJ is... For me, these are my pound for pound best um, fighters today, MMA fighters right now. I think Demetrius Mighty Johnson is number one. Daniel Cormier is number two. Number three, I have uh, TJ Dillashaw or Max Holloway. It's kind of like a sliding scale, right? 
Um, and we can argue about other people, whatever. But that's my that that's who I believe is in my top currently, right? So obviously, I, I feel extremely highly of TJ, and I believe in that because of his skill set as a martial artist. He is, aside from Demetrius Johnson, might be the most well-rounded MMA fighter in the in the world. Um, he is an all-American wrestler. But if you watch him strike, you would think with Dwayne Lowe's help, who is who was an amazing fighter of his own right and is one of the greatest coaches and minds in MMA today. He's another one of those like Yoda type dudes like Farah Sahabi in uh, at TriStar. Um, uh, your boy who uh, I talk, I love uh, um, Roof Sport, uh, Duke Rufus, um, Matt Hume. You know, these are those type of guys. Matt Brown down at um, at uh, at ATT, uh, Javier Mendez over at AKA. I mean, you know, Crazy Bob Cook over there. So these are I'm talking about. These are like the the Yoda type of dudes. You know, um, Trevor Whitman. You know, all of them. There's so many great coaches. I don't want to. I keep on naming them because I don't want to leave, leave out any of the the legends. But there's so many of them, right? Um, so. I just believe that TJ has a more well-rounded approach, but I think Cody's weapon and his significant weapon, that one right hand is better than, man, maybe anybody in the game. To be a 135-pound man, and not just to be 135 pounds, he weighed in at 134 and a quarter. To be a, that small of a man and a knock dude silly, he generates with his speed. And look, I'm talking about him knocking people out. And uh, our studio is uh, not far from uh, Northwestern uh, uh, Hospital here in, uh, in Chicago, in downtown Chicago. So from time to time, if you ever hear <laughs> uh, sirens, it's that. And yes, I'm in Chicago. I'm next to the hospital. Bad stuff happens, man. It's not a violent city. Relax. Uh, <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, it, it is um, a great matchup. But like I said, Cody's hand speed and what he offers with that punch, it is one of the most decisive weapons that anybody in MMA has. And that's what makes him so good. But not to mention, he he has a perfect takedown D in uh in his MMA career, he's an incredible fighter, man. So check this out. I watched Dan Hardy for, um, and Dan Hardy, for those of us who don't know, was an incredible uh, MMA fighter. Used to, he fought uh, against uh, GSP um, as a title challenger at one point in time. Um, but dude, dude is incredible, right? But he does uh, these breakdowns for the UFC. And you know what, man? Salute to that dude. One of the best breakdowns I've ever seen. And he brought something to my attention that I honestly didn't even like acknowledge the first time around. So check it out. Cody has, again, like I said, one of the, the fastest hands. And nine out of ten times, if he actually makes contact, dudes are done. But Cody has one big tell. And that tell... TJ, not only did he notice it in his last matchup, he and uh, and Cody acknowledged it during the fight. So, um, what it is, is that Cody 
once he knows you're committed and you're in his boxing range, because what he does, he he lulls you into the situation. He's a counterfighter. He'll lull you and he backs up, backs up, backs up. And once he realizes that you're actually in kicking um, range or punching range, and he does this by allowing you to, to kick him. So he'll like take a check or he moves out the way. He keeps that distance. But the moment he makes contact or you make contact, he understands you have to come down. So what he does is all of a sudden he sh- drops his weight. His 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 uh, legs get really, really wide and it allows him the explosion in that torque to uncork that huge right hand and the first round he did that a couple times um and and tj was like ah, i see you and cody was like yeah i still do it you know um granted uh tj at the end of the first round got a little overzealous was starting to feel himself was starting to make contact and in my opinion was starting to win the round got a little overzealous um and cody credit to him set him up beautifully as soon as he landed uncorked huge punch drops him right it was ridiculous so um looking at this fight what what do i believe is going to happen all those great things that cody garbrandt has to offer and yes if he lands that punch he'll win i do not believe he's going to land it I believe TJ Dillashaw is not only do I believe he trains with a better group of individuals, I think he's a better martial artist. I think he's more well-rounded and get this in UFC history, when a champion loses, gets an immediate rematch with the person that has taken their belt, they have never won the rematch. And not only have they never won the rematch, they've gotten dominated. And guess what? That's going to happen. There's been a couple of things that I've noticed in this, in this, uh, especially in this week, and, and just watching and listening to uh, all the things. And this kind of goes into, and I'm going to talk about this with the co-main event as well coming up. Cody, his last fight was, was all on confidence. He was so confident. He knew he can hurt TJ. And he knew there was nothing TJ can do to hurt him. That's what he knew. He knew that until he didn't, he knew that wasn't the case anymore. And he woke up and looked around and realized that, oh man, TJ can hurt me too. And for an undefeated champion, man, that can really mess with you. For instance, look at Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou, up and coming dude, young man in his MMA career, very similar to Cody. Somebody who the UFC is spoon feeding and really trying to bring to the forefront, just like Cody, gives an early title shot, gets run through by Stipe. Next fight, man, he he was gun shy. He looked like a deer in headlights. What is Cody going to do? So I, so, I, so I started watching this when I'm watching the, the lead up to the fight. And one thing that concerned me, and this is really what swayed me to, uh, to think TJ is really going to win. The moment this dude is taught, they're, they're watching the fight in one of the clips. And again, what is he supposed to say, right? He thinks he's going to win. But 
there was no and maybe I'm being a little hypocritical with this because I kind of got on the people talking about Joanna. But Joanna had a case. Joanna had a split decision, very hard fought fight. TJ got dropped, got back up, knocked you out. And what dude is saying is just like, he doesn't sound like he learned anything. It doesn't sound like he was like, man, you know what? This night he was the better man. He got me. Now I can, you know, grow. But him and his team are talking trash and they're kind of keeping the same energy. Granted, they're not talking as much, but you can see it in like their interviews and what they're saying. So I think Cody's one of those guys that needs the emotion. I think he's one of those guys that needs um, that to kind of get him going, that confidence. The fact that, and then even after the weigh-ins, so I watch the weigh-ins and I'm watching the weigh-in show. And what he's and what uh and, and both men look phenomenal. Great shape. Cody's 100 percent in shape. He goes out there and says, you know, oh man, um, you know, pretty much last fight was a fluke. Um, and I'm gonna go out here, knock this dude out, you know, and you know, you know, I'm gonna prove whatever. He said said a thing, but man, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't think he's gonna win. I, I think he's already conceded, and I, I don't think he's uh, confident. So I got Cody, or I'm sorry, I got TJ, uh, third round KO. All right, um, next fight, the greatest mixed martial artist in my opinion of all time, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. He does not get the credit he deserves, specifically because he fights at 125 pounds. Um, he is going to defend his chip should he win this matchup for a record 12th consecutive title defense, which is unheard of, man, especially in combat sports. It's unheard of. And he is running through these people. It's uh, completely ridiculous. Um, and even so he has a Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson or Mighty Johnson now has a record of 27 two and one um he is the minus 485 uh favorite against the olympic freestyle wrestling gold medalist and number one contender uh the 12 and 2 henry suhudo he's a plus um 385 this is also a rematch it's also a case where the current champion KO'd the uh the challenger early in a fight so same thing, looking at the psychology of it. Uh, after Henry Cejudo lost the championship, he ended up losing the following fight as well against Joseph Benavidez and pretty much changed up his complete, you know, um, flow. Um, no disrespect to Henry Cejudo. I, I just think Demetrius Johnson is the greatest to do it. I think Demetrius Johnson um, is so far ahead of everyone he competes against, we're all playing catch up. The way he beat Ray Borg, who is no joke, in his last time out, fifth round, suplex into an arm bar. Are you kidding me? How, like, this dude is doing things that you don't believe are possible. And he's doing it day in and day out. I think Henry Cejudo um, 
over the last two years and they last fought two years ago. Um, Henry Suhudo was defeated by Knees um, and TKO'd in the first round. Yes, he was early in his career, but DJ hasn't stopped training. And I also believe this is going to be another uh, finish. I, I think this also is going to be a probably third round stoppage. Um, it's going to be a good matchup. I think Henry Suhudo has evolved. But I don't think he can truly hurt Mighty Mouse anywhere. So I got Demetrius Johnson uh, in that fight. All right. Uh, the next fight, um, Renato Morciano, who is a ridiculous fighter, um, is going to go ahead and fight against Cub Swanson. Now, uh, Moitano is the minus 400 uh, favorite against Cub Swanson. So I'm not going to lie. Um, if so, check it out. If there is a underdog pick for the night, this is my underdog pick. Cub Swanson, the number five ranked. Uh, wow, this is really interesting. So check this out. Uh, uh, Moisiano um, is the number nine ranked featherweight uh, with a record of 12, one and one is going against Cub Swanson, uh, the number five ranked uh, featherweight with a record of 25 and nine. Um, Cub did lose his last matchup. But again, he he he's lost to somebody who was moving on, you know, and and competing for like titles, and we're realizing how good these people are, you know, these up and coming guys. So, um, so check this out. I would do this. Cub Swanson, I totally believe, is one of the um, most underrated guys. Um, Always in MMA, he trains with the current champion, TJ Dillshaw. He trains with his training partners and one of uh, Bellasaurus' finest, Juan Archuleta, uh, the Spaniard himself. <laughs> and uh, and he has a great team over there at Training Center in uh, Orange County, California. It's ridiculous. They're going out there and honestly, I don't know. I... I don't believe Cub Swanson is that far gone. So this is my upset pick for the day. Uh, I got Cub Swanson. All right. Um, check it out. Uh, Tiago Santos is also. For, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Polynesia uh, Viana is the minus 255 uh, favorite for JJ Aldrich. I have uh, Viana is ridiculous. Um, I saw some highlights of her. But this is her first fight outside of Brazil. So I'm curious to see how it's going to find. Um, I guess I'll go with Viana. Um, the next fight is Thiago Santos versus uh, Kevin Holland. Um, I'm looking forward to this fight. Holland is a breakout possible star in the making. Um, he is from the Dana White Contender Series. But he's fighting a solid vet in Santos. And remember, Santos recently beat Anthony Smith, who is the top 10 light heavyweight in the world now. So um, I believe this is going to be um, a phenomenal matchup as well. Uh, Tiago Santos is 17 and six. Um, and, uh, and Kevin Holland is, uh, 13 and three. Uh, let's check these guys stats out really quick. Both men land over almost five punches, uh, per round. Um, both men are very accurate landing over 40% of their punches. And, um, you know what? Uh, you know what? Forget it. I got Kevin Holland. He's up and coming. I can't wait. Whatever. I'm rocking with it. <laughs> I can't wait to see this card tonight. Um, it's going to be incredible. Um, and uh, you know what? 
Um, it, it should be entertaining. Yes, it is a very top heavy card and people have been, you know, they, 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 they've talked up about it. So I, I'm curious to see how the UFC is going to, I, I'm curious to see how this is going to develop. So, uh, all in all great fights, uh, great fight night and, uh, we'll see what's going to happen soon. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, IG story poll results. Uh, this week, our uh, IG questions for the week is, um, who do we have in the title fight against uh, TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt? So, check this out. You guys already know um, where I am and where I last with this. But, uh, so... My listeners or whomever, they said 48 percent of the individuals think tj dillashaw is going to retain his belt and 52 percent say cody garbrandt man well hey yo i i can't wait i i i i don't know what's gonna happen and that's the beautiful thing about mma um so uh this is the fight podcast and yo here are my takeaways from episode 23 and here are my hot takes uh hot take number one Jose Aldo Jr. is still one of the greatest of all time. He just got done KOing um, your boy, uh, <laughs> uh, Jeremy Stevenson, who was a complete animal um, the, uh, last weekend with an incredible body shot. And once he won, man, he's, he was crying and extremely emotional. And you can see that he's had just such a rough time since the McGregor fights and the two losses from um, Max Holloway. To see him get a big win like this against an incredible opponent made me feel good and also made me remember, and hopefully more individuals remember, how great this man is. Respect this man. He's one of the greatest to ever lace him up. Hot take number two. Now, the UFC taking money over integrity with having Conor McGregor um, uh, um, compete in uh, this October, October 6th, UFC 229 in Las Vegas, Nevada at the T-Mobile Arena and all that good stuff against Khabib. Hasn't competed in over two years. And not only has he not competed over two years, he threw a dollar through a bus window put in jeopardy a number of fighters' careers, as well as uh, an entire fight card. Literally gets a slap on the wrist, and nothing else happens. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in this. It just continues to show that I mean, and it's no secret. The UFC's ratings have dropped and they need this. They need McGregor and they need him now. And that's why they're also giving Brock Lesnar an opportunity as well. All the things that the UFC does well, they continue doing things like this that continue disappointing me. And a lot of other people. Conor McGregor does not deserve a title shot. Conor McGregor has, and this is my humble opinion, had disqualified himself from the honor of fighting for a championship with what he did at the Bellator event, jumping in the cage before the fight was over to celebrate with a teammate, to pushing the ref, 
to dealing with like some whatever drama in Ireland to coming to New York and throwing like dollies and whatnot. It, 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 it makes our sport look bad. And there's enough gentlemen and ladies in the sport who represent the sport the best way possible. Um, and I've highlighted a lot of those individuals here in the show and I'll continue to do so. So I'm disappointed um, in that. Um, look, as a fan, hell yeah, I want to see this fight. I can't wait. As a talent, I'm a huge McGregor fan. But he's lost me as a dude. And that's the biggest thing for me. So um, USC, we see you. Take them paychecks. I get it, you know? All right. Uh, last takeaway of the day. Um, yo, um, not fight related, but what LeBron James has been doing for the youth and the community and the culture is amazing. And I really just wanted to highlight this, just, just to salute to that man. Um, he just, uh, opened up a school for, uh, at-risk children, a public high school or a school, I believe it's like from, shoot, like K through like, shoot, college or something where they're giving people job placement and just all kind of just beautiful things. Um, People like LeBron and just people in general who are doing these type of things and taking their time, their effort and everything else uh, to give to the community and not tear down a community and not separate people and not try to cause drama need to be celebrated. Um, I celebrate anybody and I stand with anyone whom um, is out there to make a difference for change, um, to stand up for the people who don't have a voice, to, you know, give um, a piece of themselves when they don't have to, to empathize with individuals who are less fortunate, to try to educate and empower, you know, the, um, the oppressed, you have to give respect to people like this. So I am a fan of LeBron and, and Cap and anybody else who are doing things like this. And I will always support and stand with them. And there are plenty of individuals as well in combat sports who are doing these type of things. Danny Jacobs has a great foundation. Um, Dustin Poirier is doing a lot recently, for instance, donating um, his, his fight kits for, you know, for, for school supplies for kids and things like that. So there are plenty of guys, um, you know, who are and girls who are doing a lot and we need to celebrate them more so than the individuals who are just acting an ass. So, uh, all right. <laughs> Now that I'm done with the little like slow section, uh, yo, that's about all the time I have for today. I would like to thank Ricky Bandejas for being on this week's episode of the show. And uh, make sure to check him out on all social media platforms at Ricky Bandejas. Um, yo, we have another. Yes, we're doing it. We got another exclusive interview with you for you guys next week. And we have all of the news and pertinent info. We're going to have 
the breakdowns for this this week's fight card and much more on next week's episode of the fight podcast this is serge vicente and thank you so much for joining me today remember the fight podcast is brought to you each and every week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meal prep fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 20% off your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow serge vicente and support the show by checking me out on the website thefightpodcast.com purchase merch thank you again for listening to the show i appreciate you guys so much i love doing this um donate help us out you know uh um reach out uh Talk to us in our uh, Ask Us Questions. I will read them right here on the episodes. And uh, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, uh, Till next time. Peace out.